Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, thanks to my friend Colin Plume for coming on. That was really informative. I'll tell you, the yield curve tells us exactly where we're at. And no one likes to use the word depression, but the things you're reading saying it may not be very far off. So our thanks to Colin. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you can uh, get protected right now, particularly with your retirement, because the Dodd-Frank Law 2010 says they can keep your money anytime they want. They're giving people all kinds of trouble. In fact, did you see on my website, I published part of an email that an old friend sent to me, and she said, I went to Wells Fargo. They wouldn't give me my damn money. I just, wow. And they quoted the Patriot Act to me. She goes, what do you think I'm guilty of? And they wouldn't give her a straight answer. And it was still the same old BS over and over and over. And now she's trying to work her way through it. That's why I didn't use her name. I'm sure she'll come public as soon as she has her money. But man, oh man, this is going on all over the country. That's why you need to protect yourself. So give Noble Gold a call and tell him I told you to call. 877-646-5347-877-646-5347. Well, let me take an opportunity here to talk to you about what's going on with the war and what's happening. Okay, and what's happening in Israel, uh, people are coming out and some people just hate Jewish people and they just make up all kinds of crap. Uh, This is a false flag. Really? Really? They flew under the radar in parasails. Okay, this is I can't believe the stupidity of some of the people. And then some of the people just hate Jewish people and they hate Israel. And uh, this this is really interesting here, too, because the globalists are behind this attack. We know, as reported in the Wall Street Journal, that Iran planned it. That's right. They were involved with the Gaza leaders, the Hamas leaders, and they planned this darn thing. And they went ahead and they carried it out. Now, what they're not telling you that I've got on very good authority that uh, we know now why Biden left behind the weapons that he did in Afghanistan. $85 billion worth. Now, come on, Biden. Why didn't you at least blow up the weapons? Why didn't you destroy the base? He left him a fully operational base. He left him fully operational weapons, enough to supply an army. And we said at the time it'd be the third biggest army in the Middle East. And guess where some of these weapons went, General Milley? Joe Biden, where do you think they went? It's treason. And here's insult to injury. As of the time that you're listening to this, and I'm sure we'll have updated figures later, but 
we have nine dead Americans. I'm not minimizing the Israeli life as lost, not minimizing that at all. But a particular interest to a president of the United States should be the nine lives that are lost and the dozens, they say, that are missing. Well, did it ever occur to this moron, reprobate, degenerate sitting in the White House, the traitor-in-chief, did it ever occur to him to think about using special forces to launch an operation? We got satellites. You know damn good and well we were watching what was going on. And Here's the interesting thing. Why didn't they tell the Israelis what was happening? Why didn't they issue an alert? They didn't fly in at the speed of light and start attacking. Why didn't they tell them? We have satellites so good that there could be a dime on the ground in a blinding rainstorm with thunder and lightning, and they can read the inscription on a dime. They can take an iris scan and tell who you are. And you're telling me that Biden didn't share this intel? He wanted this to happen because he wants World War III. He tried to, you know, his predecessor, when he was the vice president, his predecessor, Obama, tried to start it with Syria. Remember, 2014 did everything he could do to start a world war with Syria. Didn't work, did it? No, didn't work. I I just am beside myself that we're not bringing up these allegations here. Uh, We know for sure, we know for sure, weapons from Afghanistan were used. Why aren't heads rolling? Exactly. But that's not the end of it. We know now on good authority that the Taliban in Afghanistan that we left well-armed are asking Iran for permission to cross their land to attack Israel. That's on very good authority. And so Biden sends six ships over there, I think clearly trying to provoke something. Uh, Why don't we have troops looking for our missing Americans? Pull up the satellite photos, Biden, and if your vision is that bad, let someone look at it and then decide on an operational mission. But see, he's not about saving Americans. He's about America last. And one of the things that I have stressed all week long is this. America, just like Lahaina, just like Lahaina, when it comes to the Biden administration, you are on your own and you need to prepare accordingly. You need to look at what's happened and just say, 911, no one's coming. Here comes the Chinese military, no one's coming. And I'll tell you another thing that's really come out here too. Leo Homan said this today, and I've said it all day long on the radio shows I've been on. I said, let this be a lesson for the Second Amendment. Those poor souls in near the Gaza border did not have weapons for the most part. Now, one guy survived. He killed three terrorists that came into his house, and he was able to get away because he was one of the few that was armed. Those people had no chance. Women raped, children, elderly, everyone executed, executed. Now they say they're going to execute them on live stream. Now, the wonderful leader of the UN who wants to lock you down in a smart city and impose 15-minute city restrictions on you, he came out uh, and said yesterday, uh, we understand Israel's upset, but they've got to respect the rights of the civilians in Gaza. 
listen, if those civilians let themselves be compromised by Gaza terrorists, the Palestinian terrorists, and anyone else who's helping them, if they let them hang out in their homes, in their neighborhoods, and they don't extricate themselves, they can expect to suffer the consequences. And I support Israel. I don't want to see civilian loss of life. But I do not believe that these people should be allowed to be used as human shields. And they will. And then they'll show the civilians on TV. It'll play all over the globe. So support for Israel will wane. And that's how the UN's playing it. That's the same UN that wants to that has basically gotten us to agree with our Biden administration to 17 sustainable developmental goals, which robs America of its sovereignty. We are America no more. When we start following as CBDC comes in, you lose your financial freedom. You are absolutely a slave to the state. And this is Gutierrez UN. He's also told us we have an obligation to take in more migrants and to house them and to feed them we can't even take care of our own people we have dozens of hospitals going broke because of the mandated free health care i've often said to people if you're sick renounce your citizenship go to the hospital and say i'm illegal please 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 now here's another thing that's going on in america old friend of mine wrote to me and i published to put it on the website a few days ago uh she tried to go into wells fargo and make a withdrawal not doing anything wrong just wanted access to her money what do you want it for well, it's my business. No, it's not. She went to the bank manager. Do you know the Patriot Act? I don't know what they thought she was guilty of, except she used to supply me information and occasionally come on my show and update things. I bet that's probably what it was all about. And that was Wells Fargo. I just want to make sure I mention that. Wells Fargo in California. Just want to make sure you heard this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if they ask me what I want my money for, I'm going to tell them I'm getting a sex change operation. You need to start just giving them ridiculous answers. And I'll tell you, you need to go with with gold and with silver and all these other precious metals. And you know why you need to do that? Because they're going to take your damn money. You got money in the bank, but you've been declared by the Dodd-Frank law, which is illegal and unconstitutional, but who's following the rules? And they have declared you to be an unsecured creditor. And they will take your money. And by the way, too, you think your money's insured? Yeah, they have a, a $125 billion to cover how many trillions? It's 0.7% of the money covered by the FDIC. And oh, by the way, they're going to put the credit swap derivatives person to the front of the line. You'll never see a dime. It'll be 1929 again if you do not act. And that's why I keep coming back and said, you know what I'm doing with noble gold? Palladium, platinum, silver, and gold. Silver is number one because it's the uh, green ecology. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm done ranting. I feel a lot better here now. Now I don't have to go and uh, yell at anyone in my family. I've got my tensions out, and I'm going to have a great day. I hope you do, too. God bless all of you. Thank you for joining. And again, thanks to my friend Colin uh, Plume for coming on and really laying out what's going on with the economy. We'll see you back here next time. God bless. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And uh, I have a pretty good working knowledge of uh, precious metals, the economy, and and I work at it. And I've been fortunate enough to interview people like my guest, Colin Plume from Noble Gold. You go, Noble Gold, yes, something that we talk about nearly every day, Noble Gold, because I don't trust the dollar, I don't trust the banks, 
uh, not long term. And uh, that's why you hear about Noble Gold. But occasionally there's things in there that I think people need to know. But I'm not really the guy to bring it to you. So Colin's been kind enough to come on. And we're going to talk about three things today. We're going to talk about the yield curve, and that's where we're all going to get a little assistance from the expert because a lot of people don't know what this is, and I think it's something that's important for you to know. And then we're going to talk about the impact of consumer debt, which is really going off the charts. And then, of course, we're going to look at some investment opportunities here with regard to silver, platinum. Some of the things are involved, as we've talked about before, with um, uh, precious metals and being used in climate change technology. And sometimes they're just going short and they're rare. So the price goes up and it's a good opportunity for people. And I should mention this. The FTC wants me to warn you. That And we're not really giving advice on investments, but any investment carries an inherent risk. And uh, past performance cannot indicate future expectations and performance. Okay, and we're good on that. I always like to say as an aside, I think that we should be giving a warning about our banks right now because I'm a little nervous. And this is why I'm diversifying. And this is why we have Colin with us. Colin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Dave, thanks. Uh, nice to be here as always and uh, excited to to dive into some some fun topics. Well, one of the things that I think a lot of people, including myself, need some help with is this thing called the yield curve. And I think that we probably should start with the three-month treasury bill and talk about how it compares to the three-year rate. And I actually get questions like this. Yeah, and I tell people, consult your financial consultant. That's not a question I feel comfortable in, in answering definitively. So what would you say to that difference between three-month and three-year? Yeah, so the inverted yield curve, uh, which the reason we're talking about it and the reason that they bring it up is because whenever the yield curve is inverted, typically there's a recession coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that goes back the last 40 years. Um, so the yield curve has been inverted, which, which basically means this, Dave, is that <clears throat> if if I was going out and I go, hey, I want to, you know, I want to buy a bond and uh, from you, and you go, well. How long do you want to do that bond for? And and you say and and I go well. I want to be. I want to have access to my money, right? I want to get it back. Give me a few months. So you want a three month bond or six month bond or twelve month bond? Well, obviously, you know you not you won't have enough return on those. Those are going to be low returns because I have access to that money very quickly. So the returns typically on a shorter bond are lower on a longer bond because if I'm going to tie my money up for ten years. I want a decent return, right? I want to, because I'm, you know, I'm in something that they say is safe, but if I'm going to lock it up with you at the bank or whoever I'm locking it up with, I want to make some money. So the return on a 10-year note, 10-year CD, in in theory, should be higher, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're locking it up and and I'm giving you the money and then I'm just locking in for that. So I, I want to make a little bit more than than short-term money. But right now, what's happening is there's so much bond money in the world. There's so many funds. There's so much money that believes that we're in the midst of a recession. They don't want to lock up their money for long term. So, and because there's so much pressure buying short term bonds is actually the short term bonds are actually paying a higher rate than the long term bond. And it's because they don't want to tie their money up because they believe that there's a recession coming 
and they want to have they want to have liquidity. And so that's why you have an inverted uh, yield yield curve. Okay. And that's why right now on a three month uh, note, three month CD, you're at- We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time actually getting a higher return okay that, that makes perfect sense to me now so ordinarily you'd lock your money up longer get a higher rate but that's Correct. been inverted because of anticipations of uh, conditions with the economy that is is there a time frame um that these yield curves when they invert uh, signal the uh, oncoming of a recession is there a relationship between six months a year or is it just yeah random? i mean so it's been it's it's been a year um that we've had this it started about mm-hmm. october of last year um so usually uh, an inverted yield curve doesn't typically last this long it usually lasts anywhere from like three to nine months so it's already gone longer a mm-hmm. which means you know with the fed's policy shifting between you know, dovish to, to bearish to bullish to we're going to trade. Nobody knows where to. So you have these, you know, the smartest, I mean, the bond managers, they get the data before anyone else, right? BlackRock and all these companies. So they don't know what to do. They, they typically would have shifted, right? If they, if they thought there wasn't going to be recession, 
then they would it would shift into the longer bonds. Mm-hmm. But they don't know. And because Powell has been changing his mind about what's going to happen and nobody knows what's going to happen with rates, obviously there could be other factors than just what the Fed's going to do with interest rates, but they don't know what to do at this point. And so everybody, there's just, you know, trillions of dollars loaded into these, these short-term bonds. And, you know, the idea is that next year, if, if the recession hits, the equity markets could could be in a bad place. And so they're going to move the money out and they're going to try to get higher returns. Ultimately, yeah, there's safe money that is making 4 or 5%. But if bonds are paying 4 or 5%, that means that there's some real heavy returns going to be in the future. People are going to make, in some investments, they're going to make 15 to 30%. And so they don't want to miss out, right? And so they don't want to be lock all this money up and not have liquidity uh, to be able to make some trades. So it usually happens faster. Um, but I, I think, you know, the recession numbers have been skewed and, and, you know, a lot of, I, I've always said, and I think you say we're in a recession, underemployment. You look at real, uh, unemployment numbers that, you know, they reported last month 7.1% for people that, you know, uh, yeah. have just quit looking for a job or they couldn't find a job after four or five weeks, or they're underemployed. You know, they're working 15 or 18 hours and they want to work 40 hours. They just take those people out of the numbers so they can report 3.6 or 3.7%. You know what else I found out about that? That's interesting you say that. But let's say you have someone who holds a teaching certificate or a beauty license, you know, like a hairdresser or a barber. They're counted as employed whether they're working or not by virtue of the fact they have a license. So the figures are really deceptive. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't make, yeah, that, that doesn't make, I mean, you got to be working to work, right? I mean, at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a whole report on that. And the other thing I found too was let's say you go on your unemployment uh, for six months and it runs out. They assume you have a job, whether you do or not. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's not necessarily true. That's like inflation. You know, uh, we don't count the price of gas or the price of food. Like you don't have to drive to work or to eat. And so the CPI is never an accurate measure. So yeah, the government figures aren't good. So let me ask you, I trust you. I trust good economists. Uh, do you have any idea what the inflation rate is? Any estimates? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look at the real numbers, we're probably between between ten and twelve percent would be a more yeah, accurate right. number. If you if you look at uh, you look at you know just like gasoline costs are skyrocketing uh, right yeah. now, Ener- energy costs uh, overall are, are skyrocketing. Uh, you know, food costs have still been going up pretty tremendously over time. I- inflation is is really out of control, and you know, the CEO of BlackRock came out last week, and he thinks. You know, everybody's got different opinions, but these guys have a lot of data, obviously being, being associated with BlackRock. He thinks rates are going to be in the five to six percent range, uh, for the next five to 10 years. He doesn't think we're going back to the three, four percent mortgages. And, and I don't know if that's true or that's, you know, something he wants out there for, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. if he, the reason that it, we wouldn't lower rates back down to where they were before is that inflation's higher. Mm-hmm. So I think if the government's reporting for high fours, it's probably at least double, if not higher. Uh, yeah. Actually paying for, for day to day, uh, items. And then the employment, I mean, is, is the unemployment too. I read this about UAW, 25,000 workers. So it doesn't sound like that's a terrible amount, but it affects 500,000 jobs. Right. And, and that's what's not being reported. 
uh, properly. I think, I think this is a lot bigger deal than people make of it with regard to employment, but yeah. black back to BlackRock. Um, I've been reading that institutional ownership of home mortgages is going to skyrocket in the next six months. Yeah. It's anticipated BlackRock's the leader in this. It'll go from 5%, they say, to at least 40%, possibly as high as 60%, because so many people aren't going to be able to cover their adjustable rate mortgages. And and then, of course, the student loan debt's coming in. And are people got, what are they going to default on? Their car payment, their student loan debt, their mortgage? So, I mean, there's some people going to make some tough choices, and there's BlackRock at the ready to to buy up all these home mortgages. I mean, I'm sure you get this, Colin. I get them on my Skype. Do you still have your property at such and such available? Right. <laughs> uh, and, and when you trace the breadcrumbs, they go back to BlackRock, Vanguard, or State Street. Yeah. Well, it's interesting about um, why that move is happening, and I think – you know, you have a lot of major cities that are really focused on density. You know, you see all these in the major cities where they're trying to get people sort of insular and in a certain, and, you know, the government is subsidizing this, this move pretty mm-hmm. substantially. Um, but, you know, when you look at the cost, once they subsidize these developers, the price per square foot on these buildings goes absolutely through the roof. Yes. And they're, and they're tiny little boxes. You know, they're five, 600 square foot apartments that they're trying to put in really dense areas. And then they load these developers because they're, you know, low income, which they end up never, you know, really being low income. Um, but I think if you look at what's happening uh, across the globe, if you look at just the cost to replace a home nowadays. And so it makes sense with the cost of lumber, the cost of labor skyrocketing. The amount of people that are doing construction has dropped very considerably. It's it's like one of those industries that nobody wants to work in anymore. So BlackRock looks at it and goes, this, you know, let's just say I can pick up houses at a hundred to two hundred and fifty bucks a foot. The true cost today right now to build that house almost anywhere is going to be probably 300 to maybe eight or nine hundred dollars minimum on a, on a new build of a house. So they're just looking at it just to be able to pick up a structure that somebody can live in. They're looking at five, 10 years down the road and the ability to kind of do whatever they want by picking up a lot of that inventory. Um, because we know, and it always cycles this way, but this is the first time it's really happened this time is that we're in a such a unique position where these, some of these homes, you can absolutely not build them for what these big banks can buy them for. And so they're looking at this as an absolute, money arbitrage, you know, they're just going to swoop up as many as they can. And then in five to seven years from now, when interest rates start to come back down and things start to level back out again, they'll drop these houses. They picked up at 200 bucks a foot. They'll drop them on the market for six to 800 bucks a foot and they'll make a fortune on it. And that's what they're doing. Oh, they'll rent them out, you know, depending on what they want, but there's a real opportunity for some big money to do that. And that's just because Everything is getting so dramatically expensive. It's happening in the gold and silver business too. Newmont just came out with a report. They have a massive mine and they have lots of mine in Mexico, but they have a Pescuta mine in Mexico that they're actually striking. They're, they're, they're looking for ironically a 40% increase, which is similar to what the auto workers want. So they're asking for this massive increase in, in what they get paid, the miners. And, and Newmont just basically said, we can't afford it. And they just stopped mining. They just basically said, we can't afford it. <laughs> and and that's happening very uh, across the globe in precious metals is that 
a lot of these mining companies are just saying, forget it. If if we have to pay a 40% increase in miners, we'd rather shut the mine down and just wait. And then we'll wait over time because they just can't pencil out uh, some of those returns. So I think ultimately that type of thing will be positive for precious metals because obviously it's going to increase the cost of mine. Uh, and we saw that during the pandemic. That was one of the reasons silvers went from $14 all the way up to 30 is that most of the mines across the globe were shut down. I mean, there's no silver coming out of anywhere. So you saw that big trail of the price and the price just obviously skyrocketed uh, and and doubled, you know, from 14 to $30 in, you know, eight, mm-hmm. nine months. So it, it, it's, we're one of, one of those situations where the labor costs and so many things that we need day to day are getting so much more expensive. And the big money is realizing like, hey, hey, we need to wait, you know, we'll pick up some houses if we can get them at a good price. You know, they are making offers on a lot of houses. I don't know how many they're actually buying, but I think as time goes on, if a lot of those people have those, you know, funky mortgages, those those variable mortgages come due next year and the rates are high, they're going to start picking up property at a good price. And I think overall, the big investors, BlackRock and all that are looking at opportunities globally and just saying, you know, I'm going to stay in short-term money. That's why you have that inverted yield curve is there's so much money in that short term making 5% waiting for, you know, some great opportunities to come. You know, the new trend, and I actually had a a viewer come and bring this to me and I went and researched it. There is a company called fractional. And as I trace their ownership, it goes back to the big three again. And what they're doing is they put together what we used to call limited partnerships. And it's people will put in $5,000 and they're a partial owner. But here's the problem. Last year, the average house was $3,000, 300000 Now it's 400000 But we can see that the, the bottom is going to come out of this here fairly quickly. And these people are going to be left holding the bag and they're going to have to dump it. And there are the <laughs> big boys waiting to pick this up on the cheap. And that's yeah. why I tell people, and someone, I told her, I said, do not touch this. I said, I'm telling you, um, as, as someone who cares about you, do not touch this deal because home prices are going to de-escalate pretty quickly. Well, what should I do with my money? Um, when the dollar dies, gold goes high. I said, yeah. you need to go precious metals. And, and, and this is really the time for that, isn't it? Yeah. They, you know, it's funny you mentioned the fractionalization. It's, it's the most, it's the, I mean, in, in 10 years, maybe faster. This will be the new get rich quick, this fractionalization of everything that's happening. Um, because if you look at the numbers and I've looked into a lot of these types of companies, I was looking at this one company that they fractionalize, um, art. And I, you know, if you dive deep into the numbers, they're selling like 70% of their, uh, appraised value. So they're way overselling, right? They're overselling it through the moon, knowing that not everyone's going to at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. There, there is a big fractionalization uh, movement here because, you know, like that person, you know, five grand to buy a house and you, you put, you know, you pull, uh, you know, 40 investors together. But really who ends up winning a lot of those times, if you don't really look at those things is, is the company that put it together that has the fees coming in and out and also the management mm-hmm. fees. Now, not to say that those are, are, there are some out there that are good, but just imagine, you know, having 40 partners deciding when a house, as you mentioned, goes down 20% and they all have to decide yeah. how to take that loss. Right. I mean, it's, it's a bloodbath. 
And so mm-hmm. you're right. You have to, you have to be careful on those things. Uh, and, and even in the gold and silver market, a lot of times there's companies that yet yeah, we compete against and they say, buy the gold from us and we'll hold it for you and don't worry about it. And you got, you got a piece of this bar and you have to do all that. And I always say to people is like, well, let's dive into that a little bit. What if they okay. run into some trouble? Right. And this has happened. Time and time again in the precious metal space. What if they run into trouble and they their marketing costs get too expensive? Their overhead gets too expensive. Where are they going to get the money from? And what they're going to do, and they always do it, is they just they don't buy enough bars. They don't buy enough gold to fulfill that, right? Of the fractions. And then when the thing hits the fan, someone's going, you know, I'm supposed to own a certain amount of ounces, and it's never, you know, in fruition. And that's why, you know, the, what we do at Noble Gold is so, so unique because it's one of the few items that you actually own by yourself. Yes. There's not a lot of ice, items out there that you own. I mean, you look, I was just doing, uh, earlier today, I was doing some content on, on stocks and I was looking at the top 10 companies, the stock companies from 20 years ago. And, you know, when you own a stock, you own a share of these companies and it was like Sears. Uh, Xerox, you know, so, you know, you go down the list of some of these companies that were the top. And now, you know, some of them are gone. Some of them are around, you know, some of the GE and some of them are still around, but they're not the same growth companies that we saw, you know, 20 years ago. And you're only a fraction of these companies when you buy stocks. And so that's always the great thing about me as an owner is that when you buy gold, you own it. It's yours. You buy silver. You know, these are things that you own. So it's nice to have full control uh, of an investment. Well, I'm watching what the banks are doing, too. And they've loaded up over the last year with gold and silver. Yeah. yeah. And particularly with gold. And, um, and, And they're also starting to do the same. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Thing with crypto, although they're trying to make people think crypto is bad, so they'll dump it and they get to buy it cheap. Yeah. Um, have they reached a saturation point with gold? Where's that at with the banks? No, I, I no, I think their banks are going to continue to buy it. You know, the big problem mm-hmm. with the banks, when you talk about banks, it's a big scope, right? It's like there's the the big the big ones, the big five to ten. J- JP Morgan make of America. Yeah, those guys are going to continue to buy it. But then there's the small banks that are in a lot of trouble just with the other stuff they're invested into. Because yeah. in essence, you know, people don't realize when you take a loan at a bank, they're they're partners with you. You know, you're you're making a partnership. They if they buy, you know, you buy a loan mortgage through a bank for a house, they're in essence partners with you. They're doing it for a business. And then the big problem right now with small medium sized banks, which have small medium sized banks have about 80% of the commercial mortgages in this country. And about 27% of those mortgages are in office. And that's the big bubble that, you know, you and I have talked about, but that's the thing that, that the banks are sort of trying to mitigate, trying to find a way out of trying to save themselves. I mean, that office market is really dead. I, I am involved yeah. with the business, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona startup and, um, we toured some office buildings in Phoenix, Arizona. 
And there is millions of square feet available. And these are not dumpy buildings. These are buildings built in the last 10 years. Gorgeous skylights, this and that, a hundred bucks a foot, 90 bucks a foot. I mean, that whole market is, is really in shambles. And a, and a big problem is the banks are going to get those, those properties back that the landlords are going to hand them back. And then it's like, what are the banks going to do with it? You know, they're, they're not in the, in the office. Uh, well, you know, you know, one of the things they're doing with it. And, and, and I, and I think they're, they're catering to the people who are going to default on home mortgages, people who are in trouble in LA. I've read that they're going to, they're in the process of converting. 2.5 million smaller units that were commercial into residential. Mm. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. And this yeah. is also going on in other cities, uh, commercial real estate conversion to residential because the commercial has failed so badly. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it absolutely has. Problem is, is the cost. I mean, some of the buildings are just not set up with plumbing and, you know, how they're, you know, set up to, to for residential, uh, that it's feasible. To, to do that. Some of these conversions are very expensive. Uh, older buildings, it's feasible. You know, downtown Los Angeles is a great example. They had a lot of older buildings that were factories. And so they've done a whole conversion there, but a lot of those units have already been turned into, uh, loft, uh, type space. So, yes. so you have these problems with the banks and you're right. I mean, a lot of the bigger banks, they're hoarding gold. China has been buying a tremendous amount of gold. Um, Russia has been buying a lot of gold. Obviously there was that hubbub with, uh, the brick nations doing a, a gold back currency and they sort of pulled back from that. Nobody knows what's going to happen there. Uh, but those, that brick, you know, meeting, I mean, they added, you know, five, six countries. I think Haiti just recently added on, mm-hmm. they want to be part of the brick nation. So they're making a big push. And, uh, I expect they'll have some kind of currency in the next, you know, year or so, something, uh, that they're going to want to put on the table. And then they have these, you know, everyone's talking about these digital currencies, CBDCs. Yes. yes. You know, that's the next big push. You have 115 countries trying to get into that space. They want a piece of that. Everybody wants their own digital currency. And, you know, but what it really what it comes down to is, you know, you still have the dollar, you still have a, the euro, a few currencies out there that are available. And it's, it's the, the digital currencies will only replace if we if these major currencies falter and it's and the question is is that when will these major fiat currencies falter nobody nobody has the answer to that but the US is 33 trillion dollars in debt not looking good here you know average uh uh household debt you know consumer debt for each person is like 23 24000 uh so we're we're in a in a difficult position as a country and as investors here in the US you know, people are really concerned. They don't know where to put their money. They want to keep up with inflation, but they're worried about risk. Uh, so it's it's a time where you really have to be cautious when you're uh, looking at your next investment. You see, that's to me, and that's how I keep going back to this, uh, precious metals. I mean, that's, to me, it's going to be stable. But let me ask you a CBDC question since you brought that up. Um, my my fear, and, and I want you to <laughs> remove my anxiety here. My fear is that, if CBDC becomes the dominant or the only allowed currency in a nation or it's global, um, what happens to gold investors, Bitcoin investors, people who have uh, taken a hedge in a different direction? 
Yeah. There's always going to be a need for uh, for physical gold and silver and platinum and palladium. Well, first of all, they're all used in industry. So there's, there is that use. I mean, gold obviously is used in jewelry, uh, medical devices, silver, you know, energy efficient vehicles. There's a lot of industrial uses yeah. there that you have to think about. But I think that, you know, general distrust of CBDCs is out there. And how are they going to determine how many of these are available? You know, that's, it's funny you said about how big banks and want to, want to, um, diminish the value of cryptocurrencies and say that they're not good and they're buying it secretly. Yeah, they are, <laughs> but that's the biggest critique, right? Of, yeah. of cryptocurrency is like, how, how do you set the number? How do you create this? Uh, and, and you see, you know, Bitcoin still holding relatively firm. It was pretty strong today. Mm-hmm. Had a nice, nice little bump. It's been hitting around 26 to 29,000, you know, so people said that was, you know, Bitcoin was gone and it wasn't going to happen. And now they're looking, you know, the next halving for Bitcoin is 2024. So listen, I, I think if, if the current, the, if the fiat currencies were strong and people had confidence there, Bitcoin would be gone. That nobody would have their money in Bitcoin. You know, banks wouldn't be buying Bitcoin. They wouldn't, you know, gold wouldn't be purchased the way it is purchased so heavily today. So I think everyone's hedging their bet, which is what I always talk about. It's important to hedge your bet. And everybody's taking a little money off the table and they're going into, into gold and silver. Uh, they're going into different areas. And I, and I think this inverted yield curve could be around for a lot longer. Unless what everybody's been talking about, unless there's some kind of black swan event next year or something that happens sooner. And that allows Powell to kind of change his course. But if things stay the same and he's tied to that inflation number and he's tied to, you know, what he has to do to get us back to 2%, then I think you're in a very flat zone for a while. People are going to continue to sell equities. Uh, business owners are going to be very cautious in hiring. And it's just going to be a very, it's going to be a slog, I think, for the next, it could be three to four years um, if we don't see things open up. But, you know, listen, we have an election next year. And, and that's why, you know, you have elections for certain offices every four years and some for every two years, because you can, uh, you know, vote for a change next year. Hopefully, um, <laughs> hopefully. Um, I like reasonable fiscal management that's been missing for a long time. You know, l- let me see if I'm hearing you correctly on this and if I'm taking, if I have the right takeaway. Um, the inverted yield key curve clearly verifies the fact that we're either in a recession, uh, moving into a recession, going to a more serious recession. And, and so then you look at, uh, okay, then where do you put your money? Okay. Well, to me, it's not in currencies, not in fiat currencies at, at all. And we're becoming a fiat currency because we're losing the petrodollar. Although I tell you, I can tell you what happened to the BRICS though, Colin. I really believe this. I think they stopped and said, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Our economy is so intertwined with the United States. If we totally bring down the dollar by doing this, we'll destroy our own economy in the process. I think that is, it is. I think it's a, I agree with you on that. I also think that. You know, there was so much news about it before that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they want to be careful about the release of this new currency also, right? They want to make sure it goes out without a hitch. And they were so probably so excited at this last meeting. I mean, think about it that think about what's happened over the last 20, 30 years. You know, you went from NATO being, you know, everybody loved NATO 20, 30 years ago and not being a great thing to the BRICS. 
which nobody wanted to do anything with the BRICS for 20 years. Mm-hmm. The BRICS has four or five countries joined that people are excited about that meeting. So it just shows geopolitically how much has changed in our world that China and Russia, you know, Russia in the midst of a war and, and, you know, whatever's going on there, that these, these is where countries want to join. This is, this is the alliance the, that a lot of countries have chosen. It, the shift in our world politics has, has gone in a much, much different direction. Is it, is it, do you think it's intelligent for people to think, okay, we, we could have this uncertain future for a variety of reasons. It could be war, economic collapse, whatever it would be. Um, is it good to say, okay, gold and silver, other precious metals will preserve my wealth. Okay. And then when the smoke clears, I'll be able to monetize it again, but I'm preserving what I've already earned. Is that the proper way to look at I precious think, metals? I mean, I, I think that's what a lot of people us right now and it's interesting and it always happens dave when when you have a pullback you know we had a recent pullback since over the weekend you know they they thought that you know there was gonna be a debt uh the the bill we weren't sure how much longer we were going to go we had they negotiated a deal over the weekend so the more this morning you know gold and silver were down pretty dramatic the most i've seen in one day in a long time was because people went into the equity markets they went into bitcoin they went risky right and yeah, maybe day traders and these kind of people can do that, right? They have the ability. But I think most people are looking at like, what can I buy that I'm going to hold for five years? Or what can I buy and hold for five years? I can do pretty well. And then if I need to shift, I can. And I think that's the nice thing about the liquidity of gold and silver relative to other investments right now. Obviously, real estate, you know, anyone that's tied up in real estate right now, um, they're, they're probably not going to do anything for a long time. You know, you got a 3% mortgage, you're going to ride that thing out. Uh, forever. So a lot of that liquidity that was in the market, you know, people buying and selling, which really helped the banks, which really helped real estate professionals, all that, all those fees that were happening in those exchanges has all been wiped away. Right. So now, you know, that's a whole economy, right? That's a whole economy of jobs and people, high earning people that aren't making money. So I think people are just looking, I want something safe, but I want the availability to get out of it if, if I need to. Or if I can, you know, hold on some gold and silver for a few years and then, you know, get into something else later. So it seems to be the global sentiment because if this inverted yield curve for being around for a year, the fact that these people are, have dove so much money to keep these short term bonds at such a good rate, it just shows that their, their people are expecting something really big, uh, to happen in the economy. I think you're exactly, uh, no, there's no question. You're just saying it a different way than I've been saying it. But we're saying the same thing. And the other thing I'm seeing, too, is is our government is willing to sacrifice the UAW in the name of electric cars. And that's the real battle, electric cars versus gasoline cars in that dispute. And and so let's take a look at precious metals. Does that play a role in the shift towards electric cars, which this administration is not going to back away from? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think silver is the, the big metal to talk about. You have silver that's a component of solar. Um uh, it's a component in electric vehicles. Uh, everything green has a silver component in it. So, uh, and, and it looks like we're going in this direction kind of all over the world. I mean, there's so many, you know, the Paris Accord, you know, there's so many different ways that they've passed legislation to go, uh, uh, more clean energy. And so. Mm-hmm. If that's the way we're going, silver is going to be a component of that. And as I mentioned, you know, if, if silver mining right now is too expensive because the labor costs, you know, you're pulling a lot of people out of the market. They're not able to supply the number of ounces 
Uh, so I think it could be a pretty big opportunity. And I'll tell you this, the spreads on silver are the lowest that they've been in like uh, almost six years. So not only is the price down, mm-hmm. but the, the availability of silver is, is very affordable right now, relative. When, you know, when silver was running up to 30 in 2020, the spreads were big because there was no silver out there. It was harder to get. So my cost, even someone that buys millions and millions of dollars in the last three years, we've bought over $1.2 billion in gold and silver. Even my cost over the last few years was very expensive. But right now, yeah. with the demand being slow, we're still very busy, but we're getting it at such an unbelievable price. So you have lower price on silver and the spreads are lower on the physical silver. So it's a pretty extraordinary time uh, right now to get into the silver market. I haven't seen anything like it uh, in, in many, many years. I mean, the U.S. Mint was selling silver eagles at, you know, $12 over the, the spot price. I and mean, we're picking those up at, you know, $4 now, $4.50 now. So things, and that's our, you know, that's our most expensive item is that, is that silver eagle. Obviously you can get into rare coins and all that, but that's a discussion for another day. But just talking bullion right now, I, the prices are just great right now. So I think it's, oh, a great I know. Pickup. <laughs> I've got mine. <laughs> I've got my coin here. I love it too. Uh, great in the display case, but I'll tell you what, this thing's going to appreciate like crazy. Yeah. So this is really the time to buy silver. And this yeah. is what people that are really invested in climate change technology tell me too. As I interview them, Colin, they repeatedly tell me it's platinum and silver. Do you agree yeah. with the platinum part too? Yeah, no, I, I, I recently, we just had our whole team uh, with the uh, World Platinum Council and we were just... They were going through, and I and I know about the mining process, and I know, but the the process to find platinum is so difficult r- compared to a lot of the other metals. I mean, it's it's not a rare earth metal, you know. It's not like you know the amount is minuscule they're finding, but it is very difficult. And they're talking about having a shortage, a thirty or forty percent shortage this year in the amount of uh, platinum that they need for catalytic converters and all the other things that they're using in the industry. I mean, there's a real massive shortage yet. The price, and you remember this, Dave, you've been in the game for a long time. The price of gold and silver used to be this, uh, gold and platinum used to be about the same. Actually, platinum yes. was more expensive. So platinum right now sitting in the 850 range relative to gold and, you know, in the, in the 1850 range, it's sort of mind blowing for people that have been around, uh, that the, the price is so affordable. Uh, for platinum right now, yet the, the, the uses have skyrocketed. Uh, it's taking some of the uses from palladium. You know, palladium obviously went on that massive run and, and was well over $3,000 an ounce. And now it's come back to earth. But, uh, yeah, I was blown away being in that world platinum council meeting and just hearing just the demand and, and like how difficult it's to mine and how difficult even yeah. to get the, the coins and bars that we sell. It's, it is quite difficult to get that. So I, I do like platinum right now also as an alternative, uh, asset to some of the other things that are out there. Um, so here's a question that people are going to wonder about the people who are kind of just getting their feet wet in the precious metals aspect. They're going to think, okay, I buy this and I realize this is a good time. I see what everyone's saying, but how do I monetize it? What would yeah. you tell them? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, you can monetize it by selling. You know, that's the great, we sell bullion. We're on the buy and sell side. So you, you buy it from us and let's say platinum goes to. And I'm going to say where I think it's, let's say platinum goes to 13 or 1400 from where it is today. So I think that's a realistic two year timeline, maybe faster than that. Um, you want to liquidate that platinum. You're going to sell it right back to us. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and we'll sell that platinum to somebody else. So 
Um, you know, the, that ability to do that. And right now, this is the interesting thing too. I was talking about Silver Eagles. So this, this is what I was telling you. So let's say you pick up Silver Eagles right now at 450, five bucks over the spot price. Let's say we go on a massive silver run. So silver goes up above 30 and they, the U.S. men again has a problem, right? They got a problem with Silver Eagles. Let's say it goes back up to 10, 11 bucks. So not only you have that big gain in silver, just the metal price. But then let's say people want to buy those silver eagles back at that huge premium, which listen, when silver was $10, $11, we said, do not buy this metal. It was like, do you want to buy bars? You're going to save a lot of money. You're going to get a lot more answers. But to get it today, and then if it ma- goes on that massive run again, I mean, you're looking at kind of a double whammy in terms of uh, potential profit. Obviously, silver goes up, the bars and everything you're going to buy is going to go up. You're going to do great. Uh, but there's these hidden opportunities right now in a soft market. And that's why you're seeing a lot of family offices, a lot of this money that you haven't seen in a while kind of diving in. And they, you know, they're like Warren Buffett, right? They, they see an opportunity and they're going to buy. Sure. Uh, and, and there's, you know, the fearful money too that's afraid to get in right now. But I can tell you, if you've asked about metals, like the opportunity price is, is, it's pretty spectacular right now in terms of where it's sitting. Before we finish with consumer debt, I just wanted to make this observation and get your reaction to it. My feeling is to lessen my exposure in the bank because the Dodd-Frank law says the bank's failing. They can keep my money because I'm an unsecured creditor by the Dodd-Frank law 2010. The other thing that I'm not sure of is the future of the dollar. So I try to, I want to minimize my exposure in the bank, both with my retirement, both with my savings account. And and I want to kind of, I want to put the retirement under my auspices and back it with a precious metal like gold. But I don't want a big bank account. uh, Not that I have a huge one, but I don't want any bigger than I need to operate because, because the safety lies in the precious metal market right now. It doesn't lie in fiat cash. And do you think that, that I'm putting forth a view that's reasonable? Yeah, no, I, I I don't keep a lot of cash myself. I, you know, listen, you need three to six months. Uh, yeah, that's a specific exactly. number there. Uh, but anything else, listen, anything else should be invested. Anything else you need to get into the market, whether you're investing in yourself and you're starting a business, which I think right now is the greatest opportunity to start a business. There's, there's, it, it is a great opportunity to get in. If you're passionate about something, if you have something, you believe that there's something, a product out there that's not available or you're, you're fixing a solution. Um, so that's an investment. It's an investment in yourself or other investments would be gold and silver, platinum, palladium, these kind of safety investments. Um, that's what you should be thinking about right now. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's and I always see it. Unfortunately, is you see people come in and when the price is where it is, they they get afraid and they don't buy. It. And then gold goes to let's say it goes to twenty three hundred, twenty four hundred. We're going to be busy like crazy, right? People will just continue to. Buy. But I hope that people look at today and go, you know what? I think long term this could be an opportunity. I'm going to get into it now because if you can get in before those runs, because I you know I remember all these bull runs you know, these massive bull runs in the metals market and, you know, it moves so fast and, you know, you're talking 20% is really easy in gold and silver for it to move up, even in a few months or six months, you know, these things move quick. So I hope people look at it as an opportunity today to, to at least get some information about gold and silver and then decide if it's, if it's something for them. How do you think consumer debt comes into play here? Last question. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's the big thing is like, what I always talk about, the one positive of the the lockdowns is that people stopped buying uh, junk and crap, and they they focused on their family, 
They focused on their kids. They focused on, you know, everything that was, you know, and I always say, you know, for me, it was one of the most, you know, it was, you know, obviously people passing was a lot of sadness that happened. But for me, being, I was home with my twins that were two. I literally, the second week of the pandemic, they both started to walk within about few days of each other. So I was able to hunker down and be involved, whereas normally I'd be in the office or somebody else. So I was able to really think about it. And I think the, the globe kind of came to that realization that like, I don't need a lot of stuff. I don't need to buy this. I don't need to keep up with the Joneses. Fast forward three years later, because that's kind of where we're at at this point. Mm-hmm. So back then, consumer debt was down. Credit card debt was at the lowest it's it's been in like 30 years before that. Now we're at the highest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. $1 trillion mm-hmm. in credit card debt. We're in a mess right now. So all that money that was pumped in, given to individuals, given to people, was just basically put into things that they don't need to survive. They don't need to to live on. And so, yeah, it it really just shows that, you know, we have to really hunker down during these times. And it's government assistance and and just giving people money is not really the solution that works because if it if it was the solution then people would be in a much better position today than they are uh yeah know. i told a relative recently and he's facing paying off credit card debts and so forth and i said all right let me just say this to you pay yourself first pay yourself 10% and get some precious metals yep and and i said if you don't I said, you know, so you take 13 years to pay off your credit debt as far as, as, as opposed to 10, nine or 10 years. And we went through the numbers and I said, if you extended it out, but you bought something that's going to increase in value and reflect the negative side of the dollar, when it goes down, the, the gold's going to go up, but the silver is going to go up. I said, that's where you want to be. And, uh, yeah. th- this and, is and something that people don't see. We don't teach kids this in school. Yeah. And it's nice to have an asset that doesn't have debt. Right. I mean, that's, that's the beauty behind it. Exactly. Most of the things we buy have some debt accumulated to it, whether it's a mortgage or the company we buy in the stock market. I mean, almost all the assets that we're investing in have some kind of debt, but uh, gold and silver do not. And so that's why it's a, it's a great time. So yeah, anyone, Dave, that's looking to, we've done a lot of deep diving on platinum and silver. We have guides specifically for those two metals. If people want to learn about that, um, or, or they just want to learn about some of the other services we have. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd recommend people give us a call, recommend that they heard us on the sh- on the Dave Hodges show. I know the number, 877-646-5347. Uh, I say it every day. And I got to tell you, Colin, and I want to say this to you personally. Um, I sleep better at night knowing I'm diversified. And I have to keep working at diversification. It's not a standstill. You do it one time and you're done. And I know that, but... But uh, Noble Gold has been great for me to work with. I mean, I've been a customer for five years, been advertising for six for you guys. And I got to tell you, to me, from I'm biased. It, this is the best opportunity that's out there for people. Yeah, thank you, Dave. No, it's been a great, uh, great five, six years. Wow, it's really flown by. <laughs> well, I remember when, when your twins were born. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I listen. Let's hope you, we're still working together when they graduate high school. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So that's awesome. Well, yeah, Colin. Listen, I'm going to tell you. Thank you for coming on and verifying we're in a recession. Okay, yes. but listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's opportunities here, and you've heard a bunch of them. And if you give Noble Gold a call at eight seven seven six four six five three four seven, you'll get someone who answers the phone who's an expert, and they'll walk you through and take as much time as you need to answer all your questions. Absolutely, I know yeah. I speak from experience. But anyway, Colin, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Talk to you. Soon. Take care. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground. will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more... Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.